0: Morning everybody, this is DJ Martin, Church Pastor here at Parker Ford Church. It's so good to have you with us this morning. Whether you're a member at Parker Ford or just joining us online, we're so glad to have you as we continue our series on faith, a series we've called Costly Faith. It's one thing to have faith when everything's going well in our lives. It's another thing to be a person of faith and all of what it means to have faith. Uh, when things are really, really tough. And so that's what we're doing in this series. We're we're looking at different circumstances that we all face in life and looking at stories from the scripture that illustrate what it means to cling to God, to hold on to God, to be a person of faith in the midst of those various difficult circumstances. So a couple weeks ago, we were looking at faith when it's dark. And last week and this week, we've been doing a two-part series on faith when I'm alone. Last week we talked about Elijah. Today we're going to be talking about Jesus completely abandoned, betrayed, and alone on the cross and what it means for him to maintain his faith in the Father, his allegiance, his loyalty, his belief in the goodness and the plan of his Father even when he was completely alone. We desire for this service to be engaging and interactive. Maybe you're watching this with family members or with a friend or perhaps you're alone. Either way, there's going to be opportunities throughout the morning service to pause the video and have a time of discussion or a time of reflection. Your clue for when it's time to get ready to pause the video will be when there's a slide with the leafs or the flowers on it. That's your chance to pause the video, have a discussion, or just spend some time in personal reflection with the Lord regarding those questions. We want to start our service with our memory verse that we've been working on. And I think this will be the last, word, uh, last week that we're doing Hebrews 11:6 before we pick a new memory verse. But our, our memory verse is Hebrews 11:6, where it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So go ahead and pause the video and work on this memory verse. Work on memorizing it for a few moments and then you can join us for the call to worship. This morning's call to worship comes from Psalm 142. And the title of this psalm, if you open up the scriptures, there's a little heading. Some of, the, some of the psalms have almost like a title that's before the first verse. And the title of this one is a psalm of David regarding his experience in a cave, a prayer. I felt like this was appropriate for our topic today, faith when I'm alone. Because here David is, alone, abandoned in many ways, in a cave and yet still exercising his loyalty, his allegiance, his belief in God through this beautiful prayer. So I want to invite you to stand and read this with me as we continue our service. Psalm 142, verse one. I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him and tell him all my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. Wherever I go, My enemies have set traps for me. I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. Then I pray to you, O Lord. I say, you are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. Hear my cry, for I am very low. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison so I can thank you. The godly will crowd around me, for you are good to me. You can have a seat. Our first uh, point of discussion this morning is around these questions. So you can pause the video and have a discussion here and then join us for this morning's teaching. The, The questions I want you to consider are, do you think Jesus ever felt lonely? What was it like for Jesus in his life, was there ever a time, can you think of a time when he may have felt lonely? What are some healthy ways that God gives us to work through loneliness, some, helping, uh, some helpful coping mechanisms that maybe the Lord gives us? So go ahead and have a conversation around these questions and then join us for this morning's teaching. In this morning's teaching, we're doing part two of our Faith When I'm Alone a two-part teaching. As we continue our Costly Faith series, we're gonna be looking at Matthew 27, when Jesus is completely and utterly left alone. He's abandoned, he's betrayed, he's denied. All of these things are happening to him and he's left completely and utterly alone on the cross. And all he has in that moment as he's crying out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is his faith, his belief, his hope and trust in his father in the midst of of this profound loneliness. So this is part two of a two-part teaching, Faith When I'm Alone. Last week, we looked at the story of Elijah when Elijah felt completely and utterly alone. And today, we're continuing that with the story of Jesus. Before we get into the text uh, this morning, would you pray with me? And let's invite the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the example of your Son, Jesus, who experienced all of the things in life that we experience, uh, from betrayal to pain to loneliness, uh, seasons of, I'm sure, um, where he was tempted to feel discouragement and abandonment, and yet he walked faithfully with you in every way. We thank you for his example and his love in our lives. And as we look at the story of Christ today, would you guide us and shape us and teach us to be more like you? And we pray this. In your son's precious name, Amen. So as we um, get into the text, I want to invite you. We're actually going to start at the uh, towards the end of Matthew twenty six, and uh, Matthew twenty six and twenty seven. It's just crazy. It's brutal. How many um, disappoint ways that the followers of Jesus um, will will disappoint Him and themselves? Not that He's disappointed. He knows what's coming, but in the sense of not living up to who. Uh, they think they're going to be. And so just watch story after story in in these two passages how uh, Jesus is left completely isolated and alone. So in Matthew 26 starting in verse 31, it says on the way Jesus told them tonight all of you will desert me. He's speaking to the 11. Judas has already left. Uh, the one who will betray him has already left. He's speaking to the 11 disciples and anyone else who who was a follower that happened to be with him. He's saying tonight, all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Now in this passage in Matthew 26, when Jesus says, uh, the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd, he's quoting from The prophetic book, Zechariah, chapter thirteen, verse seven, where Zechariah in the Spirit had uh, spoken the words of the Lord, and he said, Awake, O sword against my shepherd, the man who is my partner, says the Lord of heaven's armies, strike down the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered, and I will turn against the lambs. And so Jesus is recalling this scripture and saying, Tonight this is going to be fulfilled. The shepherd will be struck down, and the sheep will scatter. Peter declared, of course it's Peter, right? Peter declares, even if everyone else deserts you, I don't care if John deserts you, I don't care if, if Andrew or uh, you know, any, Philip or any of the others, I am not going to desert you. Verse 34, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. So Jesus says to Peter, it's not just that you're going to desert me and run away, By the end of the night, you are going to deny that you even know me three times. Verse 35, no, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. So here's you know, Matthew, and here's uh, John, and Andrew, and they're all saying the same thing. James, we will not deny you. We will not abandon you. If you were attacked, if you were betrayed, we, we will stick by your side, even if we have to die. Verse 36, Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, Sit here while I go over there to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. So here's Jesus on the Mount of Olives. He's with his three closest friends in life, his three closest companions, Peter, James, and John. And he's saying to them, please pray with me. Verse 38, he told them, my soul is crushed to grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Last week we talked about Elijah when he was so discouraged that he wanted to die. Here Jesus is experiencing something familiar. Looking into the next 24 hours, knowing what he faces, he says, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. He is so grieved, he is so discouraged about what's about to happen that his soul is feeling itself on the point of death. And he's just asking his three closest companions, stay here and keep watch with me. He went on a little further and bowed with his face, face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and he found them asleep. He said to Peter, Couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in to temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping, for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things again. Then he came to the disciples and said, Go ahead and have your sleep, have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Up, let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. And even as Jesus said this, Judas, one of the twelve disciples arrived with a crowd of men armed with swords and clubs. They had been sent by the leading priests and elders of the people The traitor Judas had given them a prearranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I greet him with a kiss. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, Rabbi, he exclaimed and gave him a kiss. Jesus said, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. The others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. But one of the men with Jesus, we know it from the other gospels as Peter, so Peter pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. You can kind of imagine Peter, he's, he's ashamed. He's been sleeping when Jesus had asked him to stay awake and pray with him. And now he wakes up and now all of a sudden, the Lord, his rabbi, his teacher, his Messiah is being arrested and Peter remembers the words of Jesus by the end of the night, you're gonna deny me. All of you, when I am struck, all of you are gonna scatter. And he, Peter's remembering the resolve in his spirit and saying, even if I have to die, I will never abandon you. So Peter pulls out his sword and this is his moment. I think that he can imagine I'm going to triumph over this trial. I'm going to show myself to be faithful. And so he pulls out his sword and he slashes at the ear of one of the servants and he cuts it off. Jesus, completely unimpressed, says, put away your sword. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Don't you realize that I could ask my father for thousands of angels to protect us and he would send them instantly? But if I did, how would the scriptures be fulfilled that describe what must happen? Jesus is a king unlike any other king, he is a ruler unlike any other ruler. In another passage, he says to his disciples, You know, the rulers of this earth love to lord it over those that that serve them. They love to take their power and exercise it so that everybody looks at them and says, wow, you're so amazing. You're so powerful. But he says, among you, it shall not be like that. If you desire to be great in the kingdom of God, you must become a servant of all. Here's Jesus's inner ring. Here's Peter, his right-hand man, pulling out his sword, ready to defend his king, ready to defend his Messiah, slashing off the ear of an enemy. And rather than Jesus rewarding this Once again, it's a reminder that in the upside-down kingdom of Jesus, it's not by violence, it's not by physical violence that the kingdom moves forward. It's by self-sacrificial love. And so Jesus does the thing that no earthly king would do in their right mind. He rebukes his follower who's seeking to defend him, and then he heals his enemy who's there to arrest him. Peter, put away your sword. That's not how it goes with us. Young man, here to arrest me. Let me bring healing into your life. Let me bring healing over your body even as you have come to uh, cause me suffering. Amazing, beautiful, profound picture of who Jesus is. Verse 55, then Jesus said to the crowd, am I some dangerous revolutionary that you come with swords and clubs to arrest me? Why didn't you arrest me in the temple? I was there teaching every day. But this is all happening to fulfill the words of the prophets as recorded in the scriptures. At this point, all the disciples deserted him and fled. There they go. (laughs) Judas, the one who betrayed him, is the only one standing there fulfilling what he came to do. While Peter, James, John, Andrew, and all the other disciples head for the hills and run for their lives. As the shepherd is struck down, the sheep flee. It just goes on and on. In the next passage, uh, Peter works up the courage within him to come and sit by the fire. Um, outside in the courtyard, as Jesus is is being questioned uh, by the high priest and he's he Peter is confronted there as one of the followers of of Jesus, and Peter denies three times and then the rooster crows, and at that very moment Jesus looks and looks into Peter's face and Peter leaves weeping. and then when Jesus is crucified, a few of his followers work up the courage to come and stand around him. We know that John is there and Mary is there because Jesus uh, speaks to them. And says, son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. But as Jesus um, is struck down, the sheep uh, scatter. He's betrayed by by one of his 12 disciples. One of the men that he had anointed to be an apostle of the kingdom betrays him. Uh, The men in his suffering that he had called close to his side to pray with him uh, fall asleep. And he goes to the cross completely and utterly alone. In this series, we've been looking at faith as more than just belief. We've been looking at it as faithfulness, as reliability, as loyalty, as belief, and a heartfelt trust and allegiance. As Jesus is spread out on the cross and he quotes from Psalm 22, my, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he cries out, it is finished. As, as he sits there and, and breathes in in agony, uh, bearing the weight of sin, What was it like for Jesus to maintain a steadfast loyalty for God in that loneliness? Only he could walk that path. You and I could not walk the path of the Messiah, the true king. None of us, like it says in Revelation, in the beautiful passage in Revelation, no one is found who is worthy to open the seal except for the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God who is crucified. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is a profoundly extremely, uniquely lonely experience, a journey that only Jesus, in all of human history, and the billions of people that have lived, only Jesus Christ was able to walk this road. How lonely is that? While he can relate to us in every way, there has been no one who has been fully able to relate to him and what he went through, and yet, even, even then, his faith, his allegiance, his belief, his hope, his trust, his loyalty in his father did not waver as he held on to the hope that he had in the resurrection and God's work through his spirit in his son. It's that faith that God invites us into, the faith of Jesus. Ultimately, our faith is more than just a passive faith. There is certainly an element where we receive god and we receive the gospel and we receive the message and there's nothing we can do to earn it there's nothing we can do to qualify ourselves for it it's unmerited grace and yet (laughs) there's an active component of our faith that god calls us into where just like paul says imitate me as i imitate christ there's an active component to our faith where we are imitating Jesus Christ. And in his point of complete loneliness, he held on in hope and faith and belief in God. And when we experience loneliness, the Lord invites us to do the same. As we close our teaching this morning, this two part teaching that we've looked at last week and this week, I want to invite you to reflect on the following questions. What do you think it was like for Jesus to be left to suffer and pray alone? while his disciples slept? Or what was it like for him to be betrayed, abandoned, and denied? Do you think he experienced loneliness in that time? And finally, do you think that Jesus can relate to you when you feel alone or betrayed or abandoned? Empathy is amazingly therapeutic and healing in our lives. I want you to know today, as you go into this time of reflection, that Jesus can empathize with you in every way. At the end of the service last week, I referenced the scripture in Hebrews that says, Jesus is able to relate with us in every way because he was tempted in every way. It's a good scripture to remember again as we close our service and our two-part teaching on faith when I'm alone. Jesus truly knows what it's like to be alone. And when you experience loneliness, he can empathize with you and join you in that place. And in fact, in, in fact, invites you to share in the fellowship of his sufferings. And maybe that's what Paul was getting at when he wrote that, that, that we, he prayed that we would learn. And he was praying for himself in that passage, but praying that we would learn to share in the fellowship of his sufferings. And sometimes that means a loneliness, a, a deep and profound loneliness. I know in my own life, in times of uh, profound loneliness is often when I've most experienced the presence and the goodness And the intimacy of god and so that loneliness actually becomes a pathway a doorway to have intimacy with jesus to experience him to seek out to him to cry out to him in a new and deep way in my own life so if you're in a period of loneliness right now or a period of darkness or a period of struggle you don't have to let go of your faith, you don't have to abandon it. Um, it, it doesn't have to fall to the wayside, you can cling to the hope in Christ knowing that he relates to you in that place. For our benediction, I want to read the same scripture I read last week from Ephesians chapter 1 starting in verse 19. So as we close our service, I invite you to open your hands in a posture of reception and allow me to read these words in prayer and blessing over you and your family. Ephesians 119. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you have a wonderful day. Go with God.